This episode of the Doing It For The Kids podcast is supported by AXA Business Insurance. Because let's face it, running a business is hard. Doing it around kids, even harder. So hurrah for AXA making something easy. You can tailor your policy to fit your business, so you only pay for what you actually need. They'll also give you access to a very useful helpline for any legal and tax questions you might have. Probably not so useful when trying to negotiate a small person to eat broccoli. Look, even Frankie got covered a few years ago, right? Yes, when I finally got it sorted, I genuinely slept better at night, which is saying a lot because I had a newborn baby at the time. Protect your work, your tools, your reputation, let's face it, your livelihood, and sort it as easily as your kids spilling peas on the floor. Again, work hard, insure easy. Search AXA Business Insurance. And here's the growing up bit. AXA Insurance UK PLC is authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority, regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. That's a lot of authority. That is more authority than I've got over my two kids. Before this week's episode starts, do not listen with your children. Christmas magic is in the air. Let's wink, wink. All right? I mean, you shouldn't be listening anyway, because we swear quite a lot. We swear. <laughs> okay, what are we doing? Making a podcast. I know it's been a while. Right, sure. <laughs> it really has been. Yeah, it has. Hello, you're listening to the Doing It For The Kids podcast, where we swear a bit too much and talk a bit too fast about freelance life with kids in the mix. I'm Frankie, and this is Steve. Hello! Yes, each episode we take a question from the Doing It For The Kids community, do our best to answer it, but we start each episode by looking back at the last episode. Last time we were talking about... It was Matt talking about taking time off for Christmas. For Matt. That's it. I remember, yeah, oh my gosh, that was October we were talking about. That. It was now before it half really term. is Christmas. <laughs> Joe Shock got in touch. Joe says it's so important to set boundaries around checking emails, but also to remember that there are many other ways that clients can access you if they want to. DMs, texts, WhatsApp, where there's a will, there's a way. But the good thing about the chaos of Christmas and with that in birthdays too is that once you get swept up in the madness, it becomes harder to care about anything other than real life emergencies and chocolate. I forgot he had two birthdays in there. Both his daughter's birthdays are in December. Yeah. <laughs> Ruth Buckingham says, I think the hardest thing is to stick to your own boundaries. It can really help to pop the dates in your email signature so that you can alert people that you'll be unavailable. I have one client that always does a Christmas Boxing Day sale, but we've now got into the rhythm where we write the content quite early and schedule it so I only need to pop on to check it as all sent out okay. Just because you're self-employed shouldn't mean that you need to be available at all times, but it does take a bit of discipline. Bethany Carter says, I always take two weeks off over Christmas, which is not an easy task as a social media freelancer. If your line of work is anything like mine, I would recommend preparing and scheduling content or ads before the break to take you up until the second or third week of January. Clients might not expect you to deliver work before Christmas, but they do like to pop in your inbox within the first couple of days back in January chasing work. Plus, the inquiries come in thick and fast that week too. It's a lot of work to fit in over late November, early December, but it's worth it for the peace of mind over Christmas. I like that. That's like batch cooking. Yes, it is. Fill that social media freezer. <laughs> yes, yes. Helen Greenwood says, I decided I was going to create an advent calendar on my social media last year. 24 days of content. I did it, but I was not filled with tidings of comfort and joy at the end. I was full of remorse and rage towards myself. Also, Liebkuchen. How do you say that? <laughs> Liebkuchen? <laughs> oh, I love that message. And Ayo Abbas got in touch. 
All I can say is, today we do the sucky sucky thing. <laughs> do you know what? Here's the thing. Ever since that episode, I have seen Henry Hoover's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're like haunting you. I see them in office buildings. I stayed in a <laughs> hotel and there was one outside my hotel room. Like it had come knocking. Oh, we had a guy come over to do some work at the house. He bought one. Of course. And he left it in our house overnight. So I had Henry staring at me. Oh, and then there was this one in a shop. I nearly bought it. It was a refurbished Henry and he was sitting in the window. I sent you a picture, didn't I? So funny seeing a refurbished Henry looking at you like a puppy at a rescue centre. Take me home. Anyway, how are you? I'm feeling super grown up because yesterday we had a meeting with an IFA, an independent financial advisor, which like it's come up in the community loads because people talk about pensions and then people who know about pensions are like, you need to speak to an IFA. You can't just sign up for any old pension, blah, blah, blah. You need to get advice on your situation, et cetera, et cetera. Never done it. No. (laughs) Anyway, we got a free like consult. The idea is you pay them, but we've, before that point, you get a free like consultation-y type thing. And wow, it was useful. What, just on the free consult? Yeah, just an hour chatting to this guy. I learned loads about my pension, but what I can do with it in terms of being a sole trader, because I'm a sole trader now and a limited company at the same time. And he was like, oh, there's things you can do for both of those things at the same time to, you know, make sure you're getting the biggest pension you can afford or whatever. Talks about that, talks about critical illness cover and the other one, uh, income protection cover, yeah. like all of that. I mean, obviously, he didn't literally advise me which one to get based on my situation, but he answered loads of questions and was just like, I don't know. I just found it absolutely fascinating. Did you know, Steve, that you can start a pension for your children when they're babies? Oh, yes, I did. I didn't know that. Why didn't nobody yeah. tell me that? Bloody good idea, isn't right. it? Right. I was like, why yeah. have I not done that? But then you sit, you also sit there and you think, but what is the best thing to do for your babies? As in, like, start a pension for them would be very helpful, mm-hmm. right? Start some sort of saving pot that they can actually access before they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. 17. Yeah. <laughs> but I really like the idea of a pension for them because... I didn't start one until I was 30 something yeah, and that's not it's great. Quite a gift you're giving. Isn't yeah. It? And they'll think it's really boring and you know, they'll be like, why have you done that for me, mum? Yeah, but yeah. based on my experience of starting it way too late and playing catch up big time, I think that's actually a really good idea. It doesn't have to be a lot because you're starting so early. So early. Yeah. Anyway, that blew my mind. The whole experience, I was like, wow, I'm, I might pay you for more of this, please. <laughs> that is a really good Oh, idea. it's my shopping. <sighs> Sorry. I've ordered so much frozen food I can't fit it in my freezer (laughs) I thought I'll finish off this tub of raspberry sorbet because then I'll have more space I've just opened it and it's three quarters full (laughs) (laughs) so I'm going to attempt to eat this through the course of this podcast. You're going to be sick. That is possible, yeah. Sorry for the shopping interruption. Uh, How are you? So, our daughter, who's 10... No, she's not. How old is she? She's nine. (laughs) (laughs) She came up to me the other day and said, Daddy, can we do better with the elf this year? What what do you mean? She meant, well, it's meant to be in a different place every day for me to find. Like, not once a week. (laughs) And I said, well, I've told you this before. We've got a lazy elf. You don't like it? Take it up with the elf mm-hmm. union. Like, mm-hmm. it's, What's it got to do with me? Mm-hmm. And she just looked at me. 
and said, other people's parents just make more of an effort with the elf. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I mean, there's much to say here. Didn't you do a speech in the last episode about freelancers signing up for 24 days of Advent and it being ridiculous? And here you are yes, with yes, a bloody this, elf in your house. This is the equivalent. Well, at least it makes a child happy. <laughs> Does it? She's clearly disappointed. <laughs> And what's it even for if she knows that it's you doing it? What's it even for? <laughs> Honestly, just burn it. You can't just cremate it. <laughs> Have a like coming out. of age. Take it out into the barbecue in the garden and burn it as a signal of her no longer <laughs> believing in Christmas. <laughs> she can howl to the moon. I think instead of a detective name we should use something from your tub of sorbet as the anonymous name. Sorbet in itself is quite a nice surname, isn't it? What about it? Xanthum? Ooh, no. Xanthum. Is that a bit Elon Musk? <laughs> Dextros? Dexter? Dex. Dex. Dex Sorbet. Our question comes from an anonymous source. We're going to call them Dex Sorbet. Hey, Dex. They say, I've worked on two excellent projects for a really high-profile client in the past year. When the projects finally went live, I dropped them an email to say how great they were and how happy I was to have been a part of them. I got a lovely reply that ended with, please do keep in touch for any future projects that might be up your street. But I don't quite know what to do with that. How can I turn that vague and polite sign off into something I can be proactive about? Do I send occasional emails to say hi in the hope that they might have something in the works? Or will that make me seem a bit desperate? How do I maintain a relationship with a client who might have work in the future without being a bit weird? the sentence they wrote please do keep in touch for any future projects that might be up your street oh look delivery <laughs> well thank you <laughs> cheers what's this oh it's an agency whose podcast i edited oh and they've sent a little note and it says we are now certified b corp mm-hmm. which is amazing actually it's very hard to become a b corp well do you know what what apt timing, because that company have just stayed in my head. Have mm. they not? Imagine that they're sending this to all of their clients with this good news that they are now... A I mean, call. I don't think Dex needs to send out quite an extravagant package like that. But yes, you make a fair point. <laughs> Please do keep in touch for any future projects that might be up your stream. It's really odd wording. I mean, how is Dex meant to know what projects they have got? Right. That might be up this tree. Sure, it should be something like, please do keep in touch so we can keep you in mind for any future projects that might be up your street. Mm-hmm. Weirdos, now you've confused somebody so much that they've been tempted to write into a podcast. <laughs> if you haven't already, connect with these people on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, man, it's where it's at. I'm increasingly like, LinkedIn is powerful stuff. <laughs> like I had somebody last week um, contact me about a potential job. The job didn't come off, but I sought them out on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. said, hey, just thought we connected. Because now I'm going to show up in mm-hmm. their sphere, if they're active on LinkedIn, and they'll see what I'm up to. So I'm more likely to be top of mind. And that's what it's about, isn't it? Sort of staying top of mind when the correct future project right. comes up. Yes. They, they'll they know that it's up your street because they've worked with you before, but you kind of almost need to be parked on the street, ready to... <laughs> park. No, doing like... There must be some sort of analogy. Going round the block, maybe on the street, so that they see you on the street and go, oh, Dex is on the street. No, doesn't quite work. But yes, totally right about connecting with them on the internet so that you pop up every time you post. 
However, that does assume that A, you post (laughs) and B, what you're posting about is relevant to them. I've had a bit of a revelation about LinkedIn recently where I was like, oh, I should be using it like a portfolio. And when I've got new work that I've done for a client, I should literally be posting about that (laughs) with images on LinkedIn. I know it sounds really basic, but I just haven't done that as a designer in the past. And I've done that a couple of times now and it's gone really well. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) What do you know? Yeah. And as well as them seeing your posts, remember to comment on their posts. Yes, such a good point. Uh, and like other people within their network and things like that. In fact, these people who have just sent me this stuff mm-hmm. through the post about their... Be- like I'm connected with them on LinkedIn. And so even though I haven't worked with them for a long time, I have been interacting. I've been watching their progress of becoming that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, commenting... You know how you feel a bit uh, about posting on LinkedIn? So does everybody. And therefore, if you comment on something and start interacting with it, the person feels so much better and mm. they're going to remember you as the person who made them feel better. Like Even if it's not that blatantly written in their head, subconsciously, it's going in. And it's true that like your activity might not come up in their feed, but if you're literally interacting with their content, then your name is there by default. LinkedIn or otherwise, I would get back in touch with them after that email and be like, I'm updating my portfolio or my website or whatever it is. And I'd love to get a testimonial from you. So you could ask for one via email or you could even say, can you do it through LinkedIn? So it shows up on my profile and then I can use it elsewhere as well. And it's so easy to do. You go scroll down your profile. There's a recommendations bit. Click on that. Find the person. Say what your relationship was. So they were your client and send it off and just ask very nicely. But I would also email them about it as well. So you're continuing that conversation on email. I wouldn't just send them a notification through LinkedIn because they might just ignore it. I would keep it like a request in email and also get consent from them to use that testimonial elsewhere, like your website and stuff. Then, I mean, there's various obvious touch points across the year. Mm. Um, Some are actually, weirdly, to say that you're not available for work. So, you know, (laughs) I'm going to be off during this point in the summer or off at this point at Christmas. But would you send that to like your past clients? Yeah. Well, then you can say, if you know, as always, if you've got something I can help you with, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Or are you saying it, it makes it look like you only get in touch when you're not available? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Am I wrong? Is this why I've got no work? I think it's good to have excuses to show up in their inbox for sure. You could literally ask them to sign up for your newsletter. If you have one and you actually send stuff out to it, unlike me, that's obviously one way. But then there are some freelancers who do a sort of end of year review type or maybe twice a year type email. I think a quarterly one's quite good, isn't it? Like, here's what I've been up to. But the end of year one, I mean, we're in mid-November, no, late November now is a great opportunity. Think of it like um, I've got a lot of American family and they send those like, cheese end of year like family <gasps> letters do you know what i mean right. where it's yeah, like yeah, this year yeah. johnny went to you yeah 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 all that yeah. stuff see it a bit like that you know my look how my business has grown yeah <laughs> and they'll be a part of that if it's recently and then even sending them something around christmas time a physical christmas card or a virtual one or i mean steve just got a lot of expensive gumph in the post but it doesn't have to be that over the top no, but um, you see, this is one good thing about staying in touch with people on their socials is that if something comes along where it's appropriate to send them some sort of gift, because mm. it could be a personal event mm-hmm. or it could be a business event, you know, like where they've just won, you know, then um, then that's quite a nice thing to do because 
some people get sent a lot of gifts at Christmas and then yours might kind True. of get hidden amongst everybody else's. Yeah, I don't even think it needs to be extravagant or expensive. I really don't. It's just the act of showing yeah. that you are thinking of them means that you're, yeah, front and centre when they're commissioning the next project, basically. Also, there's nothing wrong to reply to that email. And, and I don't think it makes you seem desperate. Desperate would be sending it every single week. Yeah. Desperate would be only ever getting in touch to say, have you got any work? Fact is, they asked you to stay in touch. They clearly really enjoyed working with you. So, yeah, don't feel don't feel awkward about that. I mean, I think there's a line. I think it can be too regular, particularly if it's they haven't asked for it, like they haven't signed up for your newsletter. If they signed up for something for you and you're sending out regularly, that's different. But if you're just yeah. like emailing them once a month going, hey, <laughs> that might be a bit much. I think quarterly is about right but what you say in that email i don't know like could you make it useful for them somehow like oh yes no but that is a good point actually there is that uh, tactic call it what you will of if you see something relevant to that client's business or mm -hmm. what they do then to send them that hey i was reading this thing and i thought of you only if it's actually really genuinely going to be of interest to them and send it to them an example like i could send i make videos and edit podcasts right i could send an example of a podcast or a, a video even if i've not made it to somebody and go oh man i saw this social video and i thought of you have you thought of doing anything like this anyway hope all's well you get it you don't work for them but you you are invested in yes. some way in them and care about their business and you celebrate them you're one of their cheerleaders but also you are okay. like <laughs> Yeah, sorry, it's not all an act. <laughs> I don't want it to sound really cynical that like you you, you want to look like you care. You do care. <laughs> yes. You know, you do care. And you want to work with them again because it was such a positive experience for everybody. Like, I don't think there's anything desperate about that. And also keeping regular communication with them is key because teams change so fast. People mm. leave, they don't tell you. So building those relationships outside of email is good but also checking in via email so they can go, oh, well, actually, I'm leaving. Johnny's going to be looking after this going forward. Here's his email address. That's really like useful <laughs> intel to have. If the staff does change, the likelihood is they won't contact you because they don't know you exist. And do you know who they're going to hire instead of you? The person showing up in their LinkedIn feed. The person who's <laughs> emailing them. What's the thing on your podcast? Nice guys. Get paid last. Who said that? Fraser Davidson. So while you don't want to come across as weird, you do want to be visible. It's a balance though, yeah, isn't it? It's a balance. Because if you are too much, then you become irritating and then they definitely won't hire you. So you want to get it right. Yeah, I've got the feeling, Dex, the very fact that you're asking that question and phrasing it in that way suggests that you will get it right. Okay, if you've got a comment on this, advice for Dex, maybe you've been in that situation, maybe you've been doing something that has worked, then get in touch wherever Frankie has posted about this, be it in the Doing It For The Kids community or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, if Twitter still exists, um, <laughs> then yes, tell us. And if you've got a question for a future episode and for our episodes in 2023, yes, please do get in touch with Frankie. As you just heard, it can be anonymous. And Christmas is coming, folks. So if there's a newbie freelancer that needs to learn about all the things, setting up, finance, admin, marketing, Steve has a course that they can take. I do. It's called How to Get Started Being Freelance. You can find it by clicking on the word course at beingfreelance.com. Magic. 
And speaking of magic things, have you felt the magic feeling that is part of being in the doing it for the kids community these days? <laughs> okay, as a marketing message, that needs a bit of work. <laughs> but it's true, it does feel magic. Uh, go to doingitforthekids.net if you haven't already. I bet you can get miniature ones. Is that what I need to get you for Christmas? A desk-sized Henry. <laughs> yeah, I could do with one in here. Oh, Mini Yeah, we're Henry. both Googling it. <laughs> Henry Hoover Gifts. Yes, it's a thing you can search. Oh, Henry Vacuum Desk, twelve ninety nine. Henry Hoover Microfiber Screen Cleaner. Henry Hoover T-shirt. My God! Look at that Henry Hoover child lightweight sweatshirt. That is amazing. <laughs> Why don't they do that in an adult uh, size? Christmas jigsaw puzzle, Henry Hoover. <laughs> I love have, this have stuff. You, have, you, have you seen the Henry Hoover hat <laughs> knitting pattern? Yes. You can I wear a hat. It <laughs> looks like a Henry, and then it has oh, this long black so hose good. coming out the front. <laughs> Henry Hoover uh, nesting dolls. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's the nesting dolls. They're good, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) 30 quid. Hand-painted, though. Oh, wow. wow.